You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, welcome to the program, Hour 1 on this Wednesday. A lot of things to talk about. So many things have happened in the last 24 hours. Come on in, stay a while. Mike Florio will join us on loan from Pro Football Talk. Also, the new Raiders head coach, Josh McDaniels, a little bit later on as well. Dolphins, Jags, Saints, Texans, Vikings, all coachless, although Vikings may find their guy today. Jim Harbaugh is going to interview in Minnesota today. I don't think Jim's getting on a plane going to Minnesota unless Jim thinks he's going to be the next head coach of the Vikings. More on that coming up. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at dpshow. Say good morning to Peacock, our streaming partner, and of course, our radio affiliates around the country. This is the last day to enter the contest for that Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van that Seton is taking cross-country. Seton and the French kid are in Memphis. He will join us coming up in about 45 minutes from now. Denver Broncos are for sale. The Washington football team will be officially introduced as the Commanders coming up later today. It's a done deal. The Commanders. Paulie is looking on their website, looking for gear. Commanders. Uh, I'm okay with the nickname. I still like the Washington football team, but Commanders, all right, great. Knock yourself out. I'm not big on the new uniforms, but I, I do like um, the nickname. I'm fine with that. That's, you know, whatever. Uh, Fritzy will have the poll question, play of the day, stat of the day, all of that forthcoming. The big news was Miami Dolphins, uh, the former head coach Brian Flores, filing a class action lawsuit against the NFL and the Denver Broncos and the New York Giants and his former team, the Dolphins. And this kind of came out of nowhere when you think about it. Go back to a couple of weeks ago, and I think it was around 9.40 Eastern time, and I didn't think that Brian Flores' job was in jeopardy, and then he got fired. Other guys were being fired. Brian Flores at one point won seven games in a row for the Dolphins. And I'm thinking, Brian Flores is out in Miami. Then maybe Stephen Ross is going to bring in Jim Harbaugh. And then all of a sudden, Brian Flores is going to get all these interviews. You know, everybody wants to line up for Brian Flores. He's going to be the hot ticket. Giants, the Bears. And then nothing happened. And then all of a sudden, you're going, wait a minute. Is Brian Flores going to get a job here? Well, Bears hired their guy. Uh, he's not going to get the job in Denver. He's supposed to interview for the Giants. Well, then that's when things went sideways. Now, the Giants were going to interview him, but apparently they had already hired their head coach, Brian Dable. It was the Rooney rule. He didn't know it until Bill Belichick, his former coach with, uh, or, well, he was on his uh, staff there with New England, his former boss, Text him, and he texts the wrong Brian. This is uh, Brian Flores on his text with Bill Belichick. I interviewed for the Giants position. Um, I was set to interview on Thursday, the, the Monday prior. Uh, before, before I interviewed, I received a text message uh, from Bill Belichick saying congratulations on the Giants, essentially congratulations on the Giants job. There was a little bit of back and forth. And, some confusion uh, because yeah. you haven't sat down with the Giants yet. I have not sat down with the Giants. There was some back and forth, and I, I just uh, I asked him, Is this, are you talking to the right Brian? Mm. Um, and uh, as you, you've seen through the text messages, he was actually uh, uh, thought he was texting Brian Dayball. Who they ended up hiring. Yes, sir. 
And then the Giants said, look, we hired the more qualified guy. No, you didn't. Brian Flores has been a successful NFL coach for two years. Brian Dable won seven games. He had ownership that reportedly wanted him to tank games. To me, that's the more qualified candidate. He's been a coach. He was winning games in an organization that didn't want him to win games. That's how much he cared about winning. So you can't say Brian Dable is more qualified than Brian Flores. And then, after he found out it was a fake interview, I think that's when he decided, look, I've had enough. And I talked to a source this morning, Said I said, what does you know, Brian Flores want out of this lawsuit against the NFL? And my source said, he's a guy of principle. That was the word that kept coming up, principle. This is just about the principle of it. You gave me a sham interview. You were never interested in hiring me. And he's probably going to put his, well, his coaching career is going to be on hold. Uh, it may not ever materialize again. You know, owners may be afraid to hire him with what could happen. But he decided to file the lawsuit. And then he also claims that his former owner, Stephen Ross, offered him $100,000 for every loss in 2019. Every loss. That's a specific number. Now, it's not a good look for the league that's gone all in on legal sports gambling. I, I also talked to a source this morning about this, you know, same source. And I said, you know, what matters more to the NFL? They said, well, look, the hiring practices, they know that's an issue. That's why they created the Rooney Rule. The bigger issue is Stephen Ross paying. This is fixing games. Fixing games to lose. $100,000 for every loss. Can you prove it? Did Brian Flores maybe tell his assistant coaches, hey, you know, they want us to lose. Is the GM involved? Stephen Ross is going to be deposed. Going to ask him. This is where you lose your team. That's fixing games. I want you to lose. I'm going to incentivize you to lose games. But... If the reports turn out to be true, the lawsuit has potential to shed some light on the dark side of the NFL. And maybe you know, we're going to look back on Brian Flores in 20 years and treat him the way we did Kurt Flood, Major League Baseball. You know, there's other guys who are waiting to see if they're going to be interviewed. Eric Bieniemy, I said this a couple of weeks ago. I, I don't think he's going to get a job because the Vikings were supposed to be the team. And then it felt like they were waiting to see if Jim Harbaugh really wanted to coach in the NFL and Eric Bieniemy probably not going to get a job. You know, David Culley with the Texans got fired after one year. Brian Flores after two years. And this is where the African-American coaches are saying, we don't get the second chance. We don't get an extended first chance. And that's the problem that they have. And if you're going to interview us, then interview us. Don't bring us in and all of a sudden you go, I got to check the box here. The reason why the Rooney rule came up is because they did have a problem. They do have a problem. That's why they created this. But this is, you know, there's a lot of facets here. And uh, Mike Florio, who's a lawyer, is going to join us coming up. But, you know, the Giants say they have the more qualified candidate. They didn't. The Rooney rule is there. Stephen Ross with the possibility of being deposed and having to talk about this or deny this. Where is this trial going to be held? That's a big deal. 
you know, where what's the forum going to be? The access. Are you going to depose Bill Belichick? I mean, this is this is a, a whole lot bigger than, you know, just one guy taking on the NFL. I was also told by a source, the lawyers that Brian Flores hired are well respected. They are they are great. Now, NFL is full of lawyers, but if you have all this information, if you collected this information, if if there's a paper trail, I mean, this is what happens. You know, the NFL, are they going to settle? Will Brian Flores settle? They settled with Kaepernick. They're going to settle here. You don't want to go in and have your owner deposed. You don't want the commissioner. You don't want John Elway with the Broncos. No, you don't want that. But if you're Brian Flores, how far are you taking this? What do you want out of this? But he's been making the rounds, and it certainly sounds like, you know, he's all in because it might be career suicide. But in his mind, hey, somebody has to do this. And I was texting with Tony Dungy last night, and I said, you know, is this going to matter? Is this, you know, something that's going to be helpful to the big picture? And Tony sadly says, probably not. It's exposing it. But I was told once again, the NFL is more concerned about that game. You know, they're all in on gambling. You cannot have this. Like one owner, not worth it. You got you to say to Stephen Ross, Stephen, if this is true, you're gone. You're going to, you know, put it up for sale. I mean, Donald Sterling lost, you know, his ownership of the Clippers for just being a racist. You know, he lost it. You know, that's when Adam Silver came in and said, you're gone. And uh, here we go. Who wants it? There'd be a lot of people want to buy the Dolphins. But, you know, that's, that's just some of the stuff that's happening right now. All right, uh, what's the poll question today, Todd? All right, one idea was if Tom Brady did return to the Bucs next season, they would win the Super Bowl, lose the Super Bowl, win a playoff game, lose their first playoff game, miss the postseason altogether. Um, I, well, first of all, why is this a question? I just think it's kind of a fun thing. He just retired yesterday. I know all the news is Brian Flores. I couldn't come up with a comfortable question for that on the poll so i went tom brady hmm okay we have a few others though yeah because i don't know if anybody cares what the buccaneers are going to be like if tom brady came back yeah paul monday morning jim harbaugh is dot 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 if you had to bet today the vikings coach man how sudden is that yeah you know but talking to people yesterday i'm like why why is harbaugh doing it and uh i was told you know, he's done. It feels like he's done with Michigan. Uh, they may be done with him. And, you know, Jim put himself in the situation where he performed poorly. They cut his salary. Then he has this unbelievable run this year. And then now, you know, he's going to go to the NFL. So it's not like, hey, Michigan, you did this to Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh did it to Jim Harbaugh. He performed poorly or not up to the expectations that he promised. Then they had this incredible run this year. So maybe it's just time. Hey, you know what? Go to the NFL. You always wanted to go. No, no hard feelings here. Thank you for what you've done for the program. But you can't be telling your recruits, and he has, I might not be here. Today. <laughs> yes. Like National Signing Day. And I don't think 
you know, I don't know if anybody's going into the transfer portal, but they, they could. But National Signing Day and Jim is in Minnesota. Some linebacker in the Midwest is I, I can't wait to play for a coach to be named later. Yeah. What else do you have, Ton? We've got, if you were a top football recruit, you'd most want to sign with Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, LSU, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Oklahoma, USC, or other. Just some of the top programs in the mm-hmm. recent years, if there's one, unless we think Alabama would run away with it. I don't think necessarily that's true. Yeah. What else you got? And I had one fun one based on the day that it is today. How does a date that's all the same number, like 2222, make you feel excited that something special will happen? Uneasy and a feeling of dread. 2222 today. How how about you put on a (laughs) 22? I I thought you'd like that one. But the date is just a consequence. It doesn't mean anything. But it's just a very rare thing, the day and month and year. It's all the same number. Does that make you feel uplifted and enlightened and excited? Are you going to do anything different today? I'm not, but I think I believe in numerology and all that. Is that something? I wonder if everyone feels like that's something something good and special could happen when all the numbers align like that or something absolutely awful will happen. But what do you – I don't don't understand what you mean by – It's not to understand. It's just a fun – it's 2222. It's a rare thing that all the numbers are the same. When you see something like that, is that – you have a good feeling about what's going to happen during the course of those 24 hours or oh my god i don't like that all these numbers are the same i think people think of stuff like that maybe i'm the weird one i don't know it's very possible or where's jim harbaugh going to be on monday the vikings coach or coach of michigan still? could do that yeah i just pick one but i don't want where you have like seven i know i, I got there. a little carried away with the choice i think the harbaugh michigan or vikings probably makes the most sense for now yeah just just one good one is all i am not nine every options. day nine just one good question yeah, you know, did Tom Brady purposely not acknowledge the Patriots? They're good at this. How about that? Fun. I don't know. I'm just saying, well, I'm good at asking questions. But, you know, when Tom left the Patriots, he had a pretty good goodbye to the Patriots. He videos, he thanked everybody. All of a sudden, he steps down from the Buccaneers and he's, wait, you got to do it again? I, I mean... This this one felt a little more media created that I, I don't I don't know if Tom had to thank the Patriots again, I guess, in his in retrospect or, you know, he's looking back on his career. I, I mean, after I moved on from ESPN, I didn't have to keep thanking ESPN. You just move on and you thank the people who you're with now. I think that's what he was doing. He was being fair to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, what happens if Tom goes to, you know, signs a one-year deal with the Patriots? Is everybody okay with that then? A one-day deal? Everybody okay with that? It just felt like, uh, you know what? We got we to gotta keep this Brady story alive. How do we keep it alive? He didn't mention the Patriots. Yeah, Paul. Usually the media sends a film crew out to somewhere in Boston and convinces yeah. two Patriots fans to yeah. burn a jersey. It's totally <laughs> created and concocted for TV. Yeah. Hey, Tommy, what do you think about uh, Tom Brady not acknowledging the Patriots? I think it's bullshit. Who's got lighter fluid? <laughs> yeah. I'm sick. Sick of this. <laughs> Brady. Anybody got a match? I'm going to burn my Brady jersey. I don't even know if that's the accent. Not bad. Yes, yes Marvin. Now they got to rename their dogs. And their kids. Oh, yeah. Like, it was Brady, <laughs> but now it's Mac. Brad. Just so, un- so ungrateful. Yeah. Mike Florio is going to join us next. We'll see how ugly this is going to get with Brian Flores and uh, a few other things. Jim Harbaugh going to take this job.
Certainly feels that way. Your phone calls always welcome. I'll get to those. I think we have our poll question. I don't know what it is, but... I think I like that one, the Brady one, that he intentionally not acknowledged the Patriots. We can start with that. But then, uh, here I am accusing the media of making it a story, and then I'm making it a story. Yeah, we're just having a little fun with it. It's not to be taken that seriously. Okay. Thank you, Todd. You're welcome. All right, take a break. Back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. Chrome Soft. Man, I can't wait. Play a little golf here after the Super Bowl. Maybe at the Super Bowl. Maybe I get a chance to go out to Riviera. Whoa, that's a tough that, ticket. That would be nice. Well, Jim Gray belongs to Riviera. So maybe, uh, I think Sandler belongs to Riviera. Yes, yeah, time. Will Al Michaels have time to go golfing Ooh. with you as he prepares for the big Super Bowl Sunday play-by-play? Al belongs to Bel Air. That's a nice track as well. Uh, L.A. North. There's a, there, you can't go wrong. There's a few great golf courses out there. But uh, I'll pack up my Chrome Soft because I probably, as bad as I've been playing, will need a few golf balls. You're going to love the Chrome Soft, Chrome Soft X. Chrome Soft XLS, they have a golf ball for everybody. Not just the better players, but for everyone to make them better. Men, women, first time, major winners, repeat major winners. It's uh, pretty simple. Chrome Soft is better for the best and better for everyone. Find out which Chrome Soft is right for you at CallawayGolf.com slash Chrome Soft. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. We'll get to phone calls coming up. As uh, some of our astute listeners pointed out, Fritzy is fascinated that it's 2222. And then we had some of our members of the audience saying, what's Fritzy going to do when it's 2 Two two, two two. Didn't, didn't think that through completely. In twenty no. days, it'll be the same exact twos across the board on the date. What what is what are your plans on that day? Because I know this is a big day. I'm going to walk on eggshells and not go under ladders, avoid black hats, and be very careful. I, I I'm one that doesn't like all the numbers lined up like that. It's not like oh, I got to play that lottery number or something. Yeah, Fritzy came in. He goes, you know, it's two two twenty two. And I was I go, excited about. I that. go and made it to the poll choices. He's like a numerology. I'm into numerology. I go, okay. What about when it's two, 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 two? In less than three weeks from now, it'll be the same exact thing. Not a special day, I guess. All right. Let's bring on Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk Live co-host. Mike, I'm sorry for that little... What's know. he going to do when it's 222 this afternoon? That's what I want to know. <laughs> 222 on 2222. His head's going to explode. <laughs> um, thanks for joining us. Uh, walk us through this, being an attorney. Um, what is the lawsuit about? Let's start there. Well, the lawsuit is about specifically Brian Flores being fired by the Dolphins when he believes he shouldn't have been and also not being hired by the Giants or being given a fair opportunity to compete for the Giants' job. More broadly, it is a referendum on the NFL's decades-long issue with racial bias in the hiring of coaches. Hiring of coaches, retention of coaches, compensation of coaches, black coaches obviously, opportunities available for them as head coaches, then executives, black executives not becoming general managers, just the failures that have been hiding in plain sight for years. The failures that brought about the Rooney Rule 20 years ago was the threat of litigation, not actual litigation from the late Johnny Cochran and Cyrus Mary that got the NFL to adopt the Rooney rule. Here we are 20 years later, not much progress has been made. And the thing that 
Well, I think spur change for the NFL is the thing that they never thought they would have to deal with. Someone coming forward, trading his career, because as a practical matter, he goes into this knowing the risk he's taking. He's trading his career for the opportunity to be the one who effects meaningful permanent change for the NFL. Suing the Broncos, the Giants, the NFL, is that all, is that separate or all, is it collective uh, civil lawsuit? Well, the Dolphins are part of it as well. And it's a, oh, yeah. an attack on the entire structure, the entire system. Now, he can specifically point to incidents with the Dolphins. He was held to a different standard. He was held to a higher standard. He was fired when he shouldn't have been. He's regarded as the angry black man who must be dealt with instead of the demanding head coach who is going to lead the team to victory. That's the perception. That may be the reality. That's what the case will try to prove in Denver. He claims he had a sham interview in 2019. That's why they are in the lawsuit. And in New York, he contends that he had a sham interview last week, that they knew they were hiring Brian Dayball before they even brought him in for the interview, as evidenced, he believes, by an accidental text message that was sent by Bill Belichick, of all people, to Brian, just Brian Dayball instead of Brian Flores. You know, I still go back to the Dolphins if, you know, he, the Giants said that they hired the more qualified guy, Brian Dable. And I go, how can you possibly say that? Flores has been a coach, head coach in the NFL. He worked for an owner who wanted him to lose, and he still won. Like, like, how, are, how are you telling me Dable is more qualified? That, that, that's, you know, that's a pretty good line on the resume. Had back-to-back -back winning seasons despite being employed by a guy who wanted me to lose. Uh, but you're right, Dan. Look, every time a coordinator becomes a head coach, there's a risk that is being taken that the coordinator who steps into a very different job won't be able to do the job. But Brian Flores, we've seen it. He's done it. He swept the Patriots in 2021 for crying out loud. So he's proven he can make the adjustment from coordinator to head coach. He's more qualified than Brian Dable yeah. from that perspective. But the Dolphins thing is fascinating too. And this needs to get proper attention and scrutiny. This, this idea that, and it's an allegation I know, but that Stephen Ross offered Brian Flores $100,000 per loss in 2019, when I believe that Stephen Ross was trying to do a full season tank to get the number one pick in 2020, originally wanted Tua, then he fell in love with Joe Burrow. How does the NFL not aggressively investigate that? And if any of it is even remotely true, immediately eject Stephen Ross from club oligarch. Well, I don't know how you prove it, but to have, you know, a, a number like, he, not, hey, he offered me money. He offered me $100,000. Did Flores corroborate that story with his assistant coaches or anybody else? Is there a paper trail there? I was told by a source this morning, Mike, it said, look, you know, there are repercussions with racism and the hiring practices. This could be bigger than that story because Ross could lose his team and the gambling allegation. He, is, he would be fixing games. I mean, I, I don't think it's hard to connect the dots of an owner saying to your coach, I want you to lose. Yeah, right. It's fixing games, not for the purposes of fixing games, Tim Donahue style. It's fixing games with a broader strategic objective in mind. We're going to take our lumps. 
we're going to be bad all of 2019, not just once we know we're not a playoff team. We know we're not a playoff team going in. Let's just go ahead and be as bad as we can to secure a prime position in the draft next year so I can finally get the next Dan Marino for this team. That was the plan, I believe, for Stephen Ross in 2019. And, you know, the, 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 the difference doesn't matter. If you're trying to lose in an environment where the NFL has partnerships with seven different sports books and gambling is spreading everywhere, everyone has to be trying to win every game. And this is going to spark a broader conversation, I believe, about the connection between draft position and losing games late in the season when you're out of the playoffs. They need to find a way to take away the incentive to lose because it's there. It's there. And teams have done it from time to time. They do it adroitly. They cover their tracks. But the incentive is obvious to try to lose games once you know you're not in the playoffs. You get a better spot when it's time to pick the best players the next year. I'm going to play something for you. If you've ever wanted to hear what $600,000 sounds like, this is what it sounds like. This is May of 2017 when I had Mark Cuban, the Mavericks owner, and he admitted to the Mavs tanking. I mean, it's like, look, you know, we all, you know, the Mavs, once we were eliminated from the, the playoffs, we did everything possible to lose games. And so if we did it up front, if we knew okay. that this was a rebuild season and we just did it up front, then, you know, you, you know, you kind of know what kind of team you have. And if you could get eliminated early and then start building momentum, you could finish, you know, your season 30 and 10 <laughs> and end up with a boatload of ping pong balls. How did you tank? How do you, you know, you play all your young players? Okay, that was it. But there is, a, is it? Uh, you send out a memo, or you just say no, no, because the guys once the guy walks on the court, they're going to play the heart out, particularly the young guys because they have something to prove. So you know, Dorian Finney-Smith, um, Yogi Ferrell, there, there's nothing you could say or do to them to say don't play hard or try to lose this game. That wouldn't be right, and, and I don't think any NBA team would ever do that. But when you have Salah Mezri shooting threes, <laughs> <laughs> that's not a good thing. Yeah. That cost him $600,000. He violated the first rule of tank club. <laughs> Don't talk about tank club. <laughs> right? But the incentive is there. But until he didn't they tell his coach system. to. Well, no, but, but this is how it works. You make the decision as the owner of the team. You want to evaluate the young players. You want to see how the third string quarterback does. I thought that's what the Texans were doing late in the season when they decided to go with Davis Mills over Tyrod Taylor. They won some games, though. It doesn't always work out. <laughs> but but the incentive is there. The system creates the incentive. The draft, the way they do the draft creates the incentive. And the NFL never wants to acknowledge the obvious connection between losing once you're done, like Mark Cuban said, and rising in the opportunity to get the potentially generational talent that transforms your team. It's obvious. And, you know, I've been kicking around some ideas on what to do about it. There's no easy solution. The easy solution is to get rid of the draft. They're never going to do that. But there's got to be a way to remove the incentive to lose because the incentive to lose is there when you look at the draft order and you look at how much it's given up. Look at what the 49ers gave up to go from 12 to three last year. Two more first round picks and a third round pick. Every year, significant assets are surrendered to go a little bit higher. Hey, if we just would have lost this game or this game, Chase Young would be a giant if the Giants had lost to Washington week 17 of the 2019 season. So th there's a real benefit to it and they just need to remove the incentive. And, and this is how it's biting them in the butt. And it'll be interesting to see whether they take it seriously and investigate it or look the other way. Dan, I think they're going to brush it under the rug.
I think they've got too much that can happen to the NFL collectively. Congress on the scene, potentially. They're going to rally around Stephen Ross and they're going to brush, the, brush this under the rug. I hope I'm wrong. I never have hoped that I am more wrong than I am right now about it. I hope they take it seriously. My, my guess is they, they can't because the ramifications are too significant. He's Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk Live co-host. Why isn't there a union for coaches in the NFL? Well, because coaches don't want to trade their careers for signing a union card. And with only 32 teams and so many more qualified individuals who could come in and become, even if they're not good coaches right out of the gates, they could grow into the job. Supply outweighs demand. The coaches would never come together and create the union. It also Mm. becomes complicated when you become a head coach because head coach is management. I think the union would consist of assistant coaches. Then you'd exit the union when you become a head coach. But that's part of the problem. It's part of the problem. Talk to Sean Payton about Bounty Gate. And it becomes crystal clear the difference between having a union which fought and beat back all of the player suspensions and being a coach and having no rights. The commissioner suspended you. Well, I want to appeal it. Okay, you appeal it to the commissioner. Appeal denied. (laughs) See you next year. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, I don't think gets on that plane unless when he gets off, he's expected to be the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. What do you think? He wants to come back to the NFL. He wants to win a Super Bowl. He has to deal with the fact that his brother, John, won the one that Jim thought he was going to win in 2012. And he's got an ally there in the new general manager, Kwesi Adolfo Mensa. Whatever happened in San Francisco, however it went sideways between Jim Harbaugh and former 49ers general manager Trent Baalke, however ownership was involved in the dysfunction, Adolfo Mensa was there for the last two years of Harbaugh's time there. And whatever he saw, whatever he witnessed, whatever he observed and experienced, put Harbaugh at the top of his list of coaches to hire when he becomes a general manager. That tells you something. And I think the Vikings are a little bit leery about Harbaugh. There's a sense that maybe he's got to win the job today in the interview. And, Mm. you know, you just got to ask yourself, do you you want a guy that was 44-19-1 in four seasons? Do you want a guy that took a team that was 6-10 and with no offseason program because of the lockout in 2011 and took his team to the brink of the Super Bowl. But for a couple of muff punts by Kyle Williams, they would have been in the Super Bowl that year. It was an amazing turnaround. That's what the Welfs have to ask themselves. Do we want to roll the dice on a guy who has shown he can do it? Or do we want to roll the dice on a guy who has never even had a head coaching job before? I didn't even ask you about Tom Brady. Do you think Tom (laughs) left out acknowledging the Patriots on purpose? There is no way that that multi-page statement was something he thumbed on his iPhone sitting on the toilet yesterday morning. That thing was written and rewritten and revised and vetted, and everything in there was there for a reason. Everything not in there was not in there for a reason. I think it was deliberate. Whatever the reason, whatever the reason, I don't know. You know, people think he's going to show up at Gillette Stadium and do a one-day contract, and he'll do his Patriots victory lap then. Who knows? But it really was glaring to see pretty much everyone in the Buccaneers organization thanked and no mention of the Patriots whatsoever. You okay with the uh, Washington Commanders? I'm okay with the fact that the name isn't what it used to be. And I was fine with Washington football team. Yeah, I don't like the uniforms, but you know, I, I, I like, I like the old school uniforms. I love it when the Raiders and the Cowboys play, when the Browns and the Packers play. 
the Nikeification of the NFL continues, and we have a, a new set of jerseys that can be purchased for $199.99 at NFLshop.com. Please buy them now and buy them quickly because in two years they'll be changing again. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Thank you, Mike. Great to talk good to you. Good talking to you, Dan. All right. See you, pal. Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk. Take a break. Play of the day's up next. Phone calls, and Seton O'Connor will join us from somewhere outside of Memphis. Back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, my God. The play, the play, play. of the day. Runner left side, got it! Play it and play it. This is the play of the day. Check this out. Jumper on the way, no good. Rebound tipped by Damian Lee. Grabbed by Maurice, stolen back by Moody. Gets it outside to Lee to pull in the corner for three. Good! It's good! It's good! <laughs> That's courtesy of 95.7 The Game, the Warriors Radio Network. Warriors completed a 17-point comeback. They have uh, 10 comeback wins, double-digit wins this year. That's the 10th comeback from a double-digit deficit this season is what I was trying to say. Our play of the day is brought to you by that uh, Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van that Seton is uh, headed to Los Angeles in. We'll check in with Seton here in a moment. Today's the last day to enter the contest. Uh, two, 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 right, Todd? Exactly. Yeah. Two, two, twenty-two. Like, Todd is really, like, unnerved by this. You think something bad is going to happen because it's two, two, I, uh, two, I'm, two. Yeah, isn't there something about 11, 11? Like, there's, like, there's some things with numbers. There's three sixes. There's all kinds of stuff with numbers being in a row that's bad. So. It's MBUSA.com. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. And then Todd goes, I don't know if I'm going to stop at Burger King on the way home. Something bad could happen. <laughs> because they have like the two for six special or something to get the original chicken and the Whopper. So anything with a two in it, I'm going to avoid. As best I can, as we all know. And then the old, take a number two. <laughs> Let's bring nice. in Seton O'Connor, who joins us from the road. Well, well, where are you right now, Seton? Uh, well, uh, so I'm in Memphis. Guess where I am? You're at Graceland. Let's go! Oh, nice. Heck yeah, dude. I like that. Yeah, man. Uh, I was actually just walking through there. I just got a little tour. It is so rad. It's an awesome place. Now, what's the coolest thing you saw at Graceland? Uh, okay, I'll give you two things. Right. Um down in the basement, Elvis has, uh, he's got sort of the original man cave. Now that's the jungle got, room, isn't it? No. So the jungle room is a different room, which I just walked through too, which is really rad. Okay. But he's got this room down in the basement where, so Elvis is a huge um, football fan, right? And he wanted to watch all the games at one time. And since there's only, there was three networks at the time, he had three TVs put into the wall so he could watch football because he was just like a rabid football fan. 
Um, and there's like an awesome couch and a bar in there and a fireplace and like mirrors all over the wall and the ceiling and stuff. It's really cool place. Um, and you stayed in Memphis last night. Yeah. Yeah. We stayed in Memphis last night. Uh, and I met this dude who, uh, knows Robert Plant. Go. Uh, yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, Dan would be dying right now if he was hearing these stories. And he was like, oh yeah, no, that's because I was telling the story about the Peabody. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and that you can figure out how to, uh, like, well, like, how do I go start a conversation with this dude? And the guy that I was talking to said that Robert Plant is a huge sports fan. Uh, and like just super down to earth, super like, oh, yeah, he'll talk your ear off about uh, like football or soccer or whatever that he's comes down here all the time to Memphis. Darn. And good restaurant last night in Memphis. Uh, yeah. Uh, Blue City Cafe, Blue City Cafe. Uh, probably yeah, on Beale. It was probably the uh, best ribs I've ever had in oh, my entire wow. life. They were phenomenal. Fell right off the bone there unbelievable um and a lot of people say that they're probably the best ribs uh in memphis what's the plan for you and the french kid today plan today we're gonna wrap up here um and then head down to right now it's not raining which is nice we're gonna try and beat the weather and head down to houston oh so wait were you that's a different route that is a different route so i think we're trying to we're gonna try to go Oklahoma City is going to get slammed with the storm. Yeah. So I think we're going to go a little further south to try and stay with either like the rain or the the less bad side of the storm. Um, so I think we're going to take a little bit more of a roundabout route to get to L.A. It's not the most direct route, but it feels like maybe the smartest route. Uh, Paulie, do you have the mileage Memphis to Houston? Of course I do, Dan. I got 568 miles uh, today. Have you and the French kid had an argument yet? Have we had an argument yet? No, no. It's uh, we've been doing really well actually. Good. There are some some stretches of quiet for sure, which I'm very comfortable sitting in the quiet and not talking to the only other person there. Um, but no, we've been doing good. I, you know, I think today might be the test. You know, sort of in the middle where we just did all that those miles and now we got to go all the way out there. Today could be a good test and. I think if we're if we're going through Houston, that means we have to go through West Texas. And I don't know that there's a lot out in West Texas. So that sort of to wrap things up, uh, heading over to Phoenix might be uh, a little interesting. All right. Well, keep us up to date. Safe travels. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Thanks, guys. That's Seton O'Connor with the French kid in Memphis. Elvis. Yeah, I always heard of the jungle room. Didn't Mark Cohen walking in Memphis talk about yeah you know the Jungle Room? So he'll be going uh, through Little Rock, then through uh, like Sh- by Shreveport, Louisiana, mm-hmm. down uh, through Houston, Texas. Hmm. All right. All right. Uh, Andrew in Washington. Hi, Andrew. What's on your mind this morning? Good morning, guys. Thanks for taking my call again. Sure. Um, what's on my mind this morning? Uh, two things. I kind of had a question with this Brian Flores lawsuit that came out. You've mentioned it. Do you think that the hiring practices and the Rooney rule or the possible tanking allegations, I'd like to see what your thoughts are on which one will hold more weight at the end of this lawsuit. Um, Two other comments. First of all, are his lawyers as good as uh, Tom Brady cease and desist lawyers? Are they up to that level? And one more thing for Fritzy. Fritzy's having a great week. 
Mm. He's gotten guests on in a pinch. Mm. I just hope that he's not an NCAA basketball team peaking before the tournament, which is Super Bowl week next week, and then having a letdown and losing in the first round. So, Fritzy, don't don't get everything this week. Save some for next week. I won't let you down. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. Uh, you know, they're, they're separate, but I, I feels like if there's fixing games or telling your, you know, saying incentivizing your coach to lose games, you know, that's where you lose your team. Uh, and, and the amount of money, you know, the billions of dollars with gambling and the NFL is all in with gambling. Like you cannot have this. You might not want to play your best players, uh, at the end of a season, or you may want to see, hey, let's see what the younger guys can do. I understand that. But this is this is fixing a game by telling your coach to lose from the owner. If that if that's true, this isn't play different players. This is, you know, I need you to lose these games because he wanted Joe Burrow. <laughs> and you put a number on it, too. Keep in mind, Sean Payton lost $8 million in salary because his defensive coordinator had a bounty out on players. They were trying to win. Sean was, you know, it was on his watch. So he got suspended for a year. That's not tanking. Uh, Sean in Kansas. Hi, Sean. What's on your mind? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call again. Sure. Um, happy Groundhog Day. I hope Fritzy's not freaking out and having a Groundhog Day experience <laughs> himself. Um, I just wanted to say, before Sunday's game, I thought Eric Bieniemy should get a job as a head coach. But I think now, after watching that meltdown, whether it was his play calling or Andy, one of them should have looked at the other one, told them it was a three-man rush, started running the ball again, and I think any GM or owner is going to see that you know, if they can't even see that, if they can't even fix that in the second half, why would I want him coaching my team for a whole year? But now that Brian Flores brought this lawsuit, I wonder if owners might take a second look at him just to maybe not look racist. Uh, your thoughts? Thank you, Sean. Well, I did wonder in the second half that the Bengals were rushing three, had a spy on Mahomes, and you didn't take what they were giving you. I just didn't understand it. But, you know, it's always... Andy Reid gets credit when when they do something well, when the offense is clicking. But here the offense isn't clicking, and now we're going to bring in Eric Bieniemy. Like that's not fair to him. Andy Reid's supposed to be the genius there, and he's had other assistants get head coaching jobs, and they weren't calling the plays either. Matt Nagy did it. I, I, I'm not sure why Eric Bieniemy is still waiting to become a head coach. I don't know how he is in the interviewing process. But if you look at his resume, why is he any different than Matt Nagy? Adam Gase. Adam Gase has gotten a couple of opportunities. Josh McDaniels, he's going to join us coming up last hour. Got the Raiders gig. More phone calls coming up. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at show. One hour in the books, two more to go. Dan Patrick Show. Close out the first hour with the official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, DraftKings Sportsbook, giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York. If Sportsbook isn't in your state yet, play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56. Download the DraftKings app, that Sportsbook app. Make sure you use the promo code PATRICK. Get 56 to 1 odds on either team. 
team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's code Patrick at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 or older, minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for the full list of requirements and state specifications for gaming resources. Void where prohibited. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER in Connecticut. You can visit ccpg.org slash chat in New York, 877-HOPE-NEW-YORK. 